0: to the wildlands i'm matt and i'm david and today's episode is sponsored by west end sports your five-star yamaha dealer in northeastern new brunswick where you are sure to find something that revs your heart and topics today will be fishing kayaks the angler's swiss army knife
1: as well as footwear it's what you need to go somewhere and as always make sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode where we'll give you the insight on our product of the day
0: So let's jump right into it. All right. So if we look into topic number one, topic number one, actually that, that, you know, gave us a bit of difficulty to find what we were going to do for topic number one, but we decided on fishing kayaks. Uh, Matt, I know that you have quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of experience with this, uh, this type of endeavor, actually, these type of products do in part that it's actually one of the main things that you use for your business
1: yeah exactly I mean uh you know bass attack fishing is a primarily a uh, kayak fishing outfitter uh which means that I put a lot of thought and effort into uh gearing myself up with this and I did my homework and uh i think i I think I can talk about the subject pretty pretty good,
0: yeah and I mean like it's actually funny because we we were looking over uh what was offered uh through one of our stores here in New Brunswick which is bass pro. Uh, and we were looking at, you know, the models that they had and everything like that. And we were able to see the differences. Uh, and this is also one of the reasons why we say the Swiss army knife, a, a fisherman's Swiss army knife, uh, is the fact that it's, you have, like you were saying, Matt, a huge variety of possibilities that you can do, uh, that you can use a kayak for not only leisure, but you can use it for fishing. Uh, you have, you know, live wells, you have paddles, uh, a whole bunch of stuff like, uh, you know, paddled motors kind of like a bike motor kind of thing um uh, propellers there you go and yeah. you also have like a bunch of accessories that can be added to these uh, to these you know crafts watercrafts yeah yeah watercrafts and uh, that really can up your game and and bring you closer to that dream catch or that dream fish that you'd like to get right well that's it and and what i i
1: like to to use my kayaks for is that as many people know the what what I'm using them for with Bass Attack is, you know, we're fishing out in salt water uh, with our kayaks uh, targeting some striped bass, but I mean, if I want to take that kayak out uh, to a lake or on a river or, you know, this little pond somewhere, uh, it's it's versatile in that way, uh, being that, you know, uh, it's, it's light enough to be able to carry anywhere. Uh, you can run it in shallow water, fresh water, salt water, there's no... There's no big, you know, important, uh, modifications that need to be done, at, for the different water you want to fish in. And like you said, Dave, uh, the, the possibilities are almost endless really with, uh, the gear you can add on to it, uh, whether it be, you know, electronics, whether it be rod holders, whether it be, uh, all kinds of gear, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just great for that. It's simple. Uh, most of them come with, you know, nice track systems and everything. So it's, uh. It's simple, in and out. It can be handled by one person. Um, yeah, it can really be brought down,
0: brought down to the waterways uh, just, you know, by foot.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't need no big uh, vehicle. You don't need a boat launch necessarily. Uh, you know, you can get a nice cart to be able to wheel it through the woods. I mean, I've wheeled mine several hundred yards through the woods uh, mm-hmm. by myself. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, again, a Swiss Army knife, a real yeah. Swiss Army knife.
0: Yeah. And we're also looking at, like, to give you guys a bit of an idea of what we're looking at when we're, you know, talking about the kayaks and whatnot. Now, fishing kayaks, they don't necessarily always have to go at a high exorbitant price. A lot of times you're going to see these these fishing kayaks on sale, and you're going like, well, they're still pretty expensive. But in reality, you can get some that are really not that expensive. Uh, You have the Ascend model. You have, I mean that are in the ranges of maybe like 400 and something. I think it was like 449 or somewhere around. four forty nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on Bass Pro, you also have uh, other models, obviously that you can go a lot higher up and then you're looking more into like the 15 to 2000 range and so on and so forth. I mean, yep. for you, Matt, I don't, I can't remember what was the price range that you actually went with, uh, with the company that you went with, but you, you kind of went with like a, an intermediate one that can, that has yes, exactly like a, a Not a complete sea kayak, but not a total lake kayak either, right? No, exactly. What I went with, I went with the
1: uh, I went with the Perception Pescador Pros. Uh, I went with the twelve foot models for what I wanted to do because uh, you know out in the out in the salt water conditions can change you know fast enough. So I was looking for something with a little more stability. Uh, The 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 twelve foot model gave me that Uh, a little extra width um and where you know i didn't need the the shorter 10 foot model like you would want maybe in a river where you have to maneuver a little bit in tighter areas uh that was that was irrelevant for what i was doing with them so that's why i went with the 12 uh perception has a very very good range of uh of kayaks and i mean they're running in the in the 700 dollar area mm-hmm. uh which yeah. is you know affordable uh in my mind it has uh, a lot of good features, adjustable yeah, seat lot, heights, Yeah, tracks, adjustable seat heights you know. and all
0: that, uh, the, which I found was actually really cool about it. Yeah. Uh, like in, in terms of your lumbar support and, mm-hmm. and what you really have in your, your pitch, uh, I find that it's you can adjust to the comfortability that you require and then just, you know, modify it or customize it from there. Yeah. Yeah. And like if we're looking at, because I know there's, there's a few of them that have different... There's differences in, let's say, rod positioning as well on these. Yes. Some of them are more like, let's say, up front uh, with, you know, the pitch on the side. Some of them can accept rod holders. Some of them can't. Uh, The ones that you have, I know that you can actually have rod holders that are there. Like, what would you say is your preferences on these? Well, now, see, uh,
1: the ones I have, the Pescador Pros, uh, have built-in rod holders behind the seats. Uh, that I primarily use for like uh, when we when we launch uh, and we're, we're leaving. I don't have them in there while we're fishing. Actually, personally, yeah, uh, they're kind of more standing up right behind you, out of the way, uh, you know. And the rod holders that I have on uh, on mine, I actually installed aftermarket. I bought uh, aftermarket Scotty mounts. Okay. And rod holders, uh, just because I want to position them correctly for uh, trolling. And the mounts that came with the kayak were too up front, uh, and they were in the way for when you were paddling.
0: Yeah, they were. Up so front, I added pretty them pretty on. The
1: the, yeah, I added mine like next to the seats where the the ones that are, the tracks that are stock are a little too much next to your legs, and they kind of got in the way yeah so i added those on the back which is something that was very easy to do Mm -hmm. um and like you said some of them have uh, front mounts personally uh i i don't see the use of that because if your rod is in front of you you're probably going to be holding onto it anyway you can't actually be trolling you can't so i would not necessarily call that being useful uh the only thing is maybe if you want to uh if you want to be moving from place to place without your rod, you're a line in the water. And you don't want to be turning around behind you to grab your rod. Uh, I can see it being useful just for to have somewhere to put it. Yep. But uh, for a trolling use, a uh, rod holder in front of you is, in my opinion,
0: not your best way to go. Yeah. No, for sure. And, you know, it, we've tried varieties of things. We We modified a regular kayak... With yeah. <laughs> uh, milk crates and put that, put a milk crate in the back, tied that down, put some PVC piping on there and, and kind of like cut out uh, Which an worked. insert so that I would be able to put a rod back there. It worked, yep. but I would have to say that it was having it difficult. straight up. Yeah. Having yeah. it straight up behind you was actually more difficult than if you just have it, you know, like you have it on like you modified exactly. it and just a little bit closer to behind you. Uh, yep. I mean, you, you'd have to bear in mind every time that you're, you're paddling where, you know, situational awareness of where your your rod is so you don't hook up on it with your your paddle. But, I mean, it's far enough in the back that you don't actually do it, even on a a regular full stroke. Yeah, Uh, exactly. I mean, you're still good to go. So, like... You know, obviously, there's, there's different varieties for everybody. Like, we say fishing kayaks for you guys, but we don't necessarily mean that you're, the kayak that you have, you must have a kayak that's rated as a fishing kayak. No, it, of course it, not. I mean, as I just mentioned, you can literally modify <laughs> any kayak with fishing crates and create yep. a fishing kayak. Yeah, it's and even just, one
1: of our good buddies there, uh, Dave, uh, had bought himself a, a quite expensive, uh, I called it the, the Cadillac of fishing kayaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. he ended up selling that, and going back to his recreational kayak, his sit-in, you know, cockpit-style kayak. Yeah. And prefers that one for fishing with the modifications he put onto it. He prefers that one than the than the Cadillac, you know. So. Oh yeah. Well, the, to each their
0: own, really. <laughs> the Cadillac one, he kept hooking and he kept tangling up his uh, his paddles yeah, <laughs> underneath. <laughs> I think he was not used to it. He might have got better with it
1: but anyway
0: yeah but uh no and actually a great point that you just put out uh is when you mentioned you know sit in he went back to a sit-in kayak yes um, one of the main visual things if you're wondering what a real fishing well what a, an actual fishing kayak looks like like how can i tell between a regular kayak and a fishing kayak? well one of the huge telltale signs of a fishing kayak is it's usually a sit on top. Now there yep. are some that are sit in, but mo- the majority, the majority of the ones that you are gonna see classified under a fishing kayak or fishing ready kayak would be a sit on top. So therefore, yes. you don't actually have the hull of the 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 kayak. That's like your legs don't go into the hull of the kayak. So you're you're sitting on top. You're sitting pretty much on a paddleboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with edges. <laughs> yeah, you know, really. That's that's
1: practically what it is. I think that's probably mostly where the idea of a paddleboard came from. If you ask me. <laughs> yeah. They well, probably kind of took that idea in yeah. you know. And and I started off with a sit-in fishing kayak. Uh, I had two of them, one for me, one for my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always saw the the sit-on tops, and I was like, "Man, that does not look like fun." You know, you get wet. Uh, you're not covered from the sun. You're not, you know, like. You got to think that I've, the first times I went out, I got like the worst sunburn on my legs ever because your legs are totally not covered from the sun. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I would Read not. Read on the inside be, of the, the calf muscles. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I would not be able to go back to a sit-in kayak. Um really? No. Uh, even I have a tandem sit-in kayak uh, for my wife and my kids. And I I just can't get used to it. I prefer the sit-on-top now.
0: 100%. Oh yeah. Well, freedom I do have of to movement, admit, a lot more. Yeah. I do have to admit, you know, like I did go I did do two uh we've done what four catch and kayak tournaments. Yep. Up till now?
1: Two of them, two of them were the sit-in.
0: <laughs> yeah, two of them I did were in the sit-in and two of them I did were on the sit out, on the sit on top. Yep. And I mean there are some advantages one to the other. Obviously the yep, the sure. sit on top one Uh, to me was the ideal one when you're like, you got good conditions, good weather, uh, Mm -hmm. you're able to have such a huge maneuverability uh, around you and everything. And, you know, really get around and into the Mm -hmm. areas you need to, and then just properly be able to sit there and fish without, you know, regardless Mm -hmm. of the temperament of the water to just fish comfortably. Yeah. Now with the sit in ones and, Obviously, you could probably test it up too, uh, since you do have some. I mean, the advantage that I found was the speed that I was able to get to an area was a lot low. Like I was able to get there a lot, a lot faster. faster. Yeah. Than the other than the sit-on-top kayaks. However, yes, that's, that's stability. Sure, right? I was a little bit you know, you, you really you really had to be aware of the type of waves that you were catching and everything like that. Yep. So, so you didn't get like a, a side swipe or anything. And I just feel like the maneuverability of it was a little was, well, actually, I wouldn't say a little. It was quite restrained compared to the sit on top. Uh, yes, of course. You know, you, you wouldn't spin around to grab a rod like you no would on way. a sit on top. And because you'd start, you know, bob inside the side and you were going like, yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some advantages, obviously speed and being able to get to a location faster. Uh, whereas the other one, you had that kind of peace of mind that you were stable regardless of the temperament. And that's pretty much exactly. how I looked at it.
1: And I mean, you mentioned uh, big differences when you're when we're talking about a fishing designated kayak. Uh, one of them, like you said, it was most most of the time you will see a sit on top. But again, a uh, big one is you'll find more or less a flatter bottom as well uh, to be able to maneuver quickly turn fast, uh, kind of on the spot. But that in turn brings slower speeds because you're not cutting through the water as much, Yeah, which you noticed easily. And as well as uh, the the fact that a fishing kayak is just generally, you know, much, much wider than a uh, sit-in, like a, a touring yep. kayak or a recreational yep. kayak, which makes it, you know, more stable, on the side to side something else that makes it uh stable is the fact that you know i remember seeing my first fishing kayak and saying well there's holes right through the kayak what's going on with that yeah (laughs) they call you know they call those scupper holes and what happens with that is that the water is actually coming in and out of your kayak well and i'm not talking about you're not getting soaking wet because of this it's just it's it's let's it instead of cutting through the wave it's absorbing a wave and the water will come into your kayak a little bit and back out, which means your kayak is sitting a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. You're not riding up so high and it, it kind of stabilizes the whole thing. Uh, yeah. It, it helps for stabilization and, and, you know, riding it out a little bit more. It's uh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. We've more, seen, it's, we've been it, it, to it that It kind of dampens.
1: Yeah. It dampens. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know what you're talking about too. <laughs> But it it dampens the uh, the wave effect a lot yeah. compared to a closed hull uh, kayak.
0: Yep, no, I completely agree with that. And like I said, we 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 kind of bared witness to the to the effects of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, how effective they are, nonetheless. And uh, no, definitely, it, it's. I mean, the reason, pretty much, I think, with everything that we've just explained, everything we just mentioned. Is kind of the self explanatory fact of why we consider the kayak, uh, especially the fishing fish, the fiddle, the fisherman's kayak, to be the fisherman's Swiss Army knife. And it's really, yep. it's not because it's not a tool with a knife on it. It's just literally a tool that you can use at your disposal in so many, you know, in so many ways. And there's just a huge variety of what you can use be it leisure, be it fishing, be it, you know. Uh, exactly. Just, like I've already taken my fishing kayaks
1: out just for a day of kayaking with no fishing yeah. rods, no nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like they're they're very very good as well for like a lot of people say, oh geez, you know, I, I don't want to be out fishing in a kayak. Uh, I've never been on a kayak. I'm nervous about it. Well, for beginners, yeah. For beginners, they are awesome because yeah. of their st- stability, because yep. of their forgiveness on on waves and on uh, you know. That type of of that uh, safety net inex inexperience uh, will will be more forgivable with a fishing kayak than it would be, let's say, with a a, a touring kayak.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. So
1: I even recommend that to anybody that just wants to get into kayaking. To be hundred percent honest with you, you don't have to put rod holders on and have this fancy uh, fish finder. You know, yep. just. I would even recommend it to anybody that wants to get into kayaking.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, no, definitely for sure. So with that said, that being our topic number one, how about we jump into topic number two? Because the reason I'm going to say let's jump into topic number two is because we just talked about the holes in the bottom of the kayak. (laughs) (laughs) And topic number two being footwear. Now, this is also something you have to keep in mind when you're going into a kayak with holes in it to be able to, you know, create less impact from the wave underneath the boat. Obviously, water's going to get in and you got to start thinking about where your shoes are. <laughs>
1: yep. That's and what true. kind of
0: shoes you're wearing. So what we're talking about, and this is a generalization footwear, what you, you know, what to wear, where you want to go and everything like that. Um, there's a huge variety of footwear that we can suggest. I know like, for instance, you have the uh, the um, the Columbia line uh yep. for professional fishing as well yes yes mm-hmm. they have shoes that are made specifically that you are able to actually go into the water with them come out they are like uh, antibacteria they have a whole bunch of advantages uh, you can get blood on it or anything of the sort they're cleanable um like easily can wash the blood off or any type of you know fish gunk that you may get on it and <laughs> fish uh, gunk Good yeah <laughs> And, and you're just pretty much, I mean, these are a pair, and they're, they're inexpensive too. These are a pair of shoes that are or even slip-ons. They have slip-ons. They have, you know, sandals that are of that brand, uh, that Columbia that make it. Uh, but you can go look. It's their Fishing Pro line. Uh, they have all, like, a whole bunch of them. But uh, I don't, like, I know you, Matt, you have a, a specific brand, and this com- falls more into the boot brand. But as well, it falls yes. into footwear. Uh, what do you? Yeah, got? no, definitely. What I got, uh, and
1: and we're going to be talking in this as for boots, uh, it will be something that I use for, uh, you know, not for the fishing aspect. It's for hunting or, or general, you know, just being out on the ATVs or I even use the same brand for my winter boots uh, up here in Canada. I like the Schnees boots that are built out of Bozeman, Montana. Uh, you know they have they have a boot for literally anything, from cold weather to mild weather to. And, uh, water when, when we're talking about
0: sneeze. We're not. We're not. Uh, Matt, not if you sneeze. can spell this out, not not yeah. sneeze. But if you're looking, you can... <laughs> if
1: you're, s s c h n e e s. Yeah. Um. You know they make, and I'm going to talk about. Uh, really, I'm going to talk about their pack boots. Um. You know, my wife always laughs. She said they're the ugliest boots she's ever seen. But I find them actually super comfortable. I like the look of them. Uh, you know, they they look like a um. What was the original one? Um, I think like LL Bean came out with the first one. Okay. Um. Oh, there's a name for the gum rubber boots. That's what they're okay. actually called. Like the the original look. It's a rubber bottom with a leather top onto it. Okay. Yeah. Now I have both the high temp one and the, the extreme cold. Um, I have the, for the summertime boot, my fall boot, uh, you know, uninsulated. I have the guide TT 16 inch. It's a, it's, you know, really nice. I like a a nice tall boot. Uh, you know, uh, for us, we don't need tall boots for like snake proof boots or anything like that. But, uh, in some areas, I I know that to be a, a a necessary product. So wherever you are, you know you gotta think about that. Yep. But <laughs> these uh, these Schnee's boots, what I like with them, and I actually had to uh, get one of them sent, is they're rebuildable, which means that uh, you purchase the boot, and if your sole wears out or cracks or anything, you send your boots in, and they will just replace the sole on your boot. So. After you've broken the boot uh, itself like the leather part okay you you just get your boot back with a brand new sole on it. It's way cheaper than buying a new pair of boots plus it, it stays like broken in and nice and sub, uh, like worn in good yeah so yep. I find that to be an advantage' you're, you're gonna keep your boot for a long long time. It's cost effective uh, it's very good. Yeah. Like I say, for the uh, for the high temp one, I got the Guide TT. The TT stands for tire tread sole. It's a much softer sole. Uh, it grips good on rocks. It has a really high grip, but it does wear out fast. Okay. So there is a little bit of a disadvantage, but it's super super stable. Uh, they do also make it in the uh, ADV sole, which is what I have for my. Uh, winter model which is the uh Schneez extreme okay uh they also come with a uh, 10 or a 16 inch height i have them in the 10 uh no sorry 10 or a 13 okay yeah and i wish i would have took them in the 13 but i didn't yeah. uh they have an, a removable liner for heat uh and they're extreme for a reason i i always had very cold feet uh while hunting or ice fishing yeah like when we went coyote hunting (laughs) yeah yeah, that's exactly that's (laughs) it you know and uh since i bought these uh boots completely eliminated uh cold feet they are they're just amazing
0: no definitely Uh, i mean we mentioned these brands like the columbia line and also the uh, yep the schnees uh, boots as well but i mean there are so many out there there is uh irish setter uh settler setter 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 yes. yeah yeah i always say it wrong but uh <laughs> you have that brand you have dunlop you have uh old god kamek you have uh so many different I brands that are out there rubber boots pardon me
1: lacrosse rubber boots i love them you,
0: Yeah, yeah, you have uh, those, you have, I mean, there's just such a variety uh, of different type of boots that are out there that you can go get. I mean, you have some that have a type of neoprene contour, those ones are pretty good in the, uh, I would say fall or even spring weather, uh, where snow isn't too dominant, you want to get a little bit of heat, and you don't want to get wet, right? Yeah. But it's not like, don't go in a river with them, because you'll still probably get water (laughs) through it. Yep. You know, it's not a rubber boot, but it's just a little bit more comfortable. And I know that Irish Setter has a good brand of that. Uh, yes. There's obviously some pros and cons for every brand that's out there. But, exactly. you know, it, it's, it really comes down to what fits your feet best. And it's really important, too, to fit your do feet. Do your research. <laughs> exactly. Fit your feet with an item that fits the activity that you are looking into doing. Uh, yes. If you're looking to do any type of cross, you know, cross-country running, uh, you don't go out there with you know some a big heavy knees move. yeah <laughs> with a big heavy Dunlop boot or some sole yeah. knees that are like made for interior or just your yeah. regular track and field running but go for i don't know you you got different brands that are out there that have higher treads uh, instead of like say more one support inch, so you got yeah better support it's made for this type of thing so you really should you know we're really stressing into doing the research because your feet are an important part of what you do every single day you walk and it's definitely something that we think is is a good idea that you look into uh we're obviously giving you the brands that we find are are great brands to use uh for those type of activities and like matt was saying for hunting or myself for anything that's fishing these are ideas and i mean you also have different type of you know just fishing boots like the the kind of fishing boots you can put in water. You know what we get when we're kids there. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Just I like with the mean, mesh top, yeah. just so you don't if you step on glass, it doesn't A wet go through. Shoe. kind of thing. Wet shoe. Yeah, yeah. Is what they call exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean these these are items that you can use on kayak. We've I've used it on the kayak as often as possible, but I yes. mean the Columbia line can also be used uh on kayak. As, as a well. daily shoe. It can be used as a daily shoe as well. You know? Exactly. It can be used as a daily shoe as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean there's just such a, a good variety of things that are available out there for everybody that uh, it's really interesting to look into. I'm I'm really like this coming season I actually bought some Irish setters for last hunting season and I Yes. I absolutely love them. Uh they're not high. I think they're only eight no, I think they're six inches. They're okay. six inch tops. So they're not like work boots. They're just a little bit lower. They have a kind of like neoprene sides on it, uh, but with kind of like a mesh front. Um, Yep. Well, a mesh like
1: a a nylon, denier, yeah, yeah, kind of front there.
0: So they're they have high water resistance, and that's something else that people should look into. So you have a lot of high water resistance uh, in your shoe, but it's not waterproof. Water resistant is not waterproof. So don't get upset if your feet do get wet. It's because it's not waterproof. It's just yep. there to wick. That's what it is. Water resistance is only just. It'll wick water off. It's not gonna. Throw, you know, you can't go. Scoot don't submerge out. your foot. Yeah, don't yeah. don't submerge your foot underwater. You
1: know, if yeah. you happen to you happen to misplace a step, well, at least you won't get soaked.
0: Yeah, but exactly. You're
1: probably still gonna get a little damp.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and another thing too, that people need to look into that, uh, is its rating. It's a uh, heat rating. Yep. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, the ones that I have, they're only at 400. So it's not that warm. So it's good yep. for like your fall and your late spring weather. Mm-hmm. Um, probably going to be too warm for summer. That's for sure. It, they'd be too warm for summer trekking. Yes, of course. Uh, however, for, you know, fall up to a certain point, my feet were, they stayed warm. Yeah. I didn't have to put, you know, socks in them, uh, but you can go higher, you can go up to a thousand, you can go, you know, 800, a thousand in terms of uh, point value for, for heat rating uh, yep. is something that you look into. And I, I know you can go a lot higher with uh, different types.
1: Cause that's a
0: good point. Like, you know, when we
1: say choosing your, your footwear, I mean, I've seen myself uh, go on a hunt and walk for a long distance and then get sore feet, but my feet were warm, but still it was no longer enjoyable. Then I also saw myself, you know, sitting in a stand in Illinois uh, with, you know, when you're sitting in a tree stand, your feet are really exposed to the wind, you know, like there's no, there's no ground or no cover to them. And uh, again, I said that I get, my feet get cold very fast. Uh, and once your feet were cold, well, then the hunting gets unenjoyable. Uh, yeah, unenjoyable. So, yeah. The comfort is one, but the heat is another one to check out, and that's something I'm going to mention. With the when you're choosing boots, if ever you look at the Schnee's website, is they have a the the way they run is when you click on their boots, uh, they have a chart like of uh, comfortable temperatures to wear the boots in. Okay. And uh, I find that I found it useful, uh, you know, because you're looking at the boot, and then you say, well, okay what could I wear it for? Well, then they, they give you a temperature rating to what it's good for. Yep. And I find that actually pretty. And then they give it to you as well as a uh, temperature rating for what it's good for both in the active and the inactive. Yep. Which means, you know, if you're hun- sitting around, it, if it's, if it's cold, but you're going to be moving. Well, it, you know, you don't want to have your feet too warm either. So yep. it, they, I I really like their, uh, their chart there it uh, it makes the choosing of a boot much simpler
0: yeah no of course absolutely uh definitely with that so if with that said now we did kind of pretty much talk about it already quite a lot but our product of the day our yeah. product of the day was <laughs>
1: to well, be we, yeah was to be the Schnee's boot yes um I talked about the the guide TT, which was the uh, you know summer, spring, summer, and fall uh, warmer weather boot a lot. But I'm going to talk about the um, the extreme, which I yep. like. Like I say, I use it for my literal uh, winter boot all winter long. I wear it to work. I wear it, you know. Uh, and I'm actually looking on the website right now, and I think they oh no there we go i was gonna say they discontinued it but they didn't yeah so yeah the the Schneez extreme boot has you know the removable felt liner um and it says here i'm just going to go in, i'm going to talk about that uh, that chart that i just mentioned to you guys so see it says here comfort rated to minus 20 fahrenheit inactive and up to minus 40 fahrenheit for active it does have that rebuildable uh, sole, and this is the one that I got re uh, rebuilt. Uh, they are, and I learned this the hard way. They're not recommended to put in snowshoes. That's what actually damaged the sole. Uh, it ended okay. up cracking the side. Yeah. So it has, see, and again, it has a 400-gram removable liner, and it has 600-gram insulation built into the rubber bottom, giving it a total okay. of 1,000, mm-hmm. like we were just talking about. Yeah. So, uh, and like I say, it's a leather top, uh, lace up boot, uh, all their boots. Well, not all, no, all the ones that I have are lace up, uh, which I like cause they, you can give yourself the support you want in your ankle. Yep. Uh, very warm, uh, waterproof to the top. Uh, obviously they're not rubber, but the seams are very well, uh, very well stitched together. Yep. We cannot forget though, a leather boot has a little bit of maintenance to do uh
0: you have to kind of you have to condition them yeah you have to
1: condition them uh but the look like I say I love the look of them I love the comfort I love the warmth definitely a contender out there for anybody that if you've never heard of them look into them and uh my product like I say is the Schneeze Extreme I have the 10 inch I highly recommend getting the longer the taller boot yeah but uh what it we, does the job and it does good.
0: Yeah. What do you say is the uh, the price range for the? Uh, Three fifty nine US. Three fifty nine US for the Schneez, uh extremes. Yes. Three forty nine. Yeah. I'm sorry. Three forty nine. And if we look yep. at the, when you were talking about the uh, the TTS, what are yep. um, what are we looking at for the price range of those ones?
1: The price range on the TTS. Um, well, see again the TT. They have the same boot. In the tire tread and in the AVD, uh, the AVD tread is this. That's what I have on the extreme. Yeah. So, the guide, the guide TT. Uh, that's the 10 inch. I got the 16. Inch. Give me a second. The 13 inch guide TT is 269, and the guide AVD 16 inch is 315. Okay. Yeah. And, so, I oh mean, they price... oh, they made a new size. Okay, so Guide now has a ten inch, a thirteen inch, and a sixteen. The thirteen really? was never there before. I have okay. the sixteen, which is a two ninety five. I'm
0: sorry. Okay. And and yep. I mean what's the the what we can see with all the prices that you mentioned is it's not like for instance in a lot of brands where you can go with one shoe that's like super low brand, well not low cost and everything like that. And it seems to be like the next model up is just like exorbitantly high no, like you, you, no either you settle for less or you, if you really want something then you're going for like a top price and what i seem to be very interesting with the Sneeze is really it's a, it's kind of like a universal price that plays around 50 to 70 you know the 70 dollars in between the models yes. it's not like yes. it's, it's not like a nope. 200 hundred dollar jump or a 300 hundred nope. dollar jump to the next model it's like oh it's a moderate 50 75 bucks right yep for sure and, and again like cool. i said it's
1: what I like with them is that they're, you know, they're still handmade in, uh, in Bozeman, Montana. Okay. Um, you know, their quality, their, their quality is to me, like I say, I've ran through many types of boots till I found these and I've been running Schnees boots since 2012. Yeah. And I have the same two pair of boots. I got them rebuilt, but they're the same two pair of boots. I mean, not many people can say they're running the same boots for what, nine years. And yep. I mean, I use them all the time. All the time, yeah. Uh, and their service, like I say, when I need them rebuilt, I had my boots back within ten days, shipped yep. from Canada
0: to there and back to my place. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, definitely not bad. So nope. with that, with that said, product of the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is the Schnee's boots, uh, yep. Schnee's extremes, thirteen inch. Well, you can get them in ten, but you can also get them in thirteen. Yep. But uh, with that said, I'd like to uh, thank everybody for listening in. That'll be it for the uh, for today's episode. I'd also like to thank our sponsor of the day, uh, which is West End Sports, your five-star Yamaha dealer uh, in northeastern New Brunswick. And I'd really like to also thank again, once again, everybody who's been listening in to us, uh, hitting the like button on, you know, on our Facebook page, uh, and also, you know, putting in some downloads for the episodes. You guys are really helping us out, uh, really inspiring us to continue to do uh, the episodes that we do already uh, and up till now. And again, shoot us some comments or shoot us an email at our webs- uh on our, uh, on our email to, to really, you know, if you have any questions or have anything you want us to talk about to really get us to go on and get the ball rolling. Cause we answer your questions and we'll do as best as we can in every single podcast we give you. So with that said, Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. Thanks.